So to the real meat and potatoes, the very first thing is the new ship balance, specifically battleships. Um, battleships have been underutilized, especially in NullSec, for quite some time. And the what they did to make them a little more viable is we changed the armor plates to 50% bonus HP from an armor plate and 100% bonus to HP from a shield extender. And also for those who want to hull tank, you got a 5% additive bonus to all reinforced bulkhead modules. So essentially it just added a lot of HP to the battleships. Now, in addition to this patch, they also reverted this a surgical strike nerfs to resistance modules, but only by 50%. So in addition to giving the battleships a lot of extra HP, they also got resistance back at the same time. I mean, every ship in the game got resistance back, or every module in the game got resistance back. But specifically, battleships got resistance back and got a lot more HP. Everything but the Praxis. The Praxis was left alone. It's a free ship, and they're, they're, they're pretty good as is. So that ship was left out of this buff. But it, include, it also includes Marauders and Black Ops. So any battleship-based ship in the game got this uh, roll bonus added to the hull. So I guess a question that I always have when, when I first see, uh, saw the patch, uh, the devlog for it is like, why is the difference between armor plates and shield extenders, right? Why is 50%, why is 100%? Do you know if there's a reason behind it? Well, I... shield modules already have the advantage of passive regen and repair modules cycling at the beginning. Right, but they were the one that got the most HP added. Yeah, that's that's confusing to me. So my guess is that armor typically has a higher buffer, but I'm not really quite sure. Yeah, and I, I unfortunately I can't get into the whys a whole lot, but um, I, at the end of the day, I, I think a lot of the shield battleships were. I don't know that they were in a worse place, but just the way the meta works. This is this is the way that it worked out. Be honest, I wasn't that involved in this change. I knew about it. I saw it happening, you know, and all that. But I didn't I didn't get too much in the nuts and bolts of this. That's fair enough. I guess part of that maybe to the signature radius that shield extender maybe provides to a ship, especially if it's a battleship, it does get quite bigger when you add like a few of them on. So for the reversal of the surgical strike right that one i think is not only toward targeted towards battleships but also for a lot of capitals right? a lot of capitals saw a lot of gains through this change with a lot of them having a lot of hp to start with increase that five percent really helped for a lot of them especially some of the more uh, bigger ones the more expensive ones like titans and the super carriers Right. I mean, it definitely helped them. But the biggest thing was they wanted to make facts, the way that I understand it, they wanted to make facts a little bit more viable without making them unkillable, I think. Something along those lines. And so, you know, I I don't know that this is the end. This is just kind of where they started. And I, I'm assuming that, you know, people that do this kind of stuff will monitor Arcia and Sutoni are on the CSM and they do a lot of small gang stuff. I'm sure they'll run into facts and battleships and low sec and all and, uh, you know, have some input on, on how they feel this change was, was received and, and how the meta is shifting because of it. Okay. So just a quick note. So the shield versus armor, I think the T2, uh, 1600 MN, plate has almost twice the buffer as a T2 large shield extender and I think this buff with the 50% for armor but 100% for shield kind of just matches the bonus on battleships ah, okay uh, yeah I see someone says Rattati said it 
unless I see it for sure, I'm not gonna, not gonna. Yeah, he can say it. I can't. Yeah, I mean, also right underneath that, we also have the change to large micro jump drive fitting. So the power grid and CPU both reduced. PG from reduced from thirteen seventy five to eight hundred, and CPU reduced from seventy seven to fifty four. Uh, yeah, fifty four. So I guess that opened up some fitting rooms for battleships, for marauders, for black ops. Oh, absolutely. Someone was talking earlier that for a material, now they can fit it without losing a plate or something like that. I'm not really sure. I haven't. I haven't really looked at PIFA, but it should really help fitting, especially plates, quite a bit because that's a lot of power grid. I mean, that's. 575 base power grid that it loses. Yeah. And also, uh, just to the quick uh, simulation before the stream, I think right now, a fully fitted T1 rigged battleship, same HP as a hack with ADC on. So I think with those EHPs, it really helps to bring those battleships back to the meta. But we have to wait and see, right? There's We're going to see in the future conflicts if we're going to see more battleships on some of the battle reports. So moving along, we have graphics in the next section with reflection on maps updated to include local structures and effects in addition to celestials and the nebula and improve texture quality of asteroids. So this is also something to do with the asteroids. Yep, got me on that one. I have no idea what that's talking about. I guess they're prettier now. All right, so just right uh, before we leave the PvP side of things, we also have an extra note uh, from CCP Aurora about the bomb changes. So the bombs from the stealth bombers are now... So the base armor for the bombs has increased so that the bombs are harder to kill each others when they're released in the same set. <laughs> I think Kenneth or Gorin, you can yeah, so talk when, about this. When Surgical Strike came out and they reduced the HP of ships, they also reduced bomb damage or reduced the, the, the bomb HP. And so then having, Surge or having Covert Ops 5, you could kill other bombs in your wave. So everyone pulled Covert Ops 5 out, skill extracted it so that they wouldn't kill bombs in their squad. But now, because 50% of surgical strike has been reverted, they increase the bomb HP so that you can have Covert Ops 5 again without killing other bombs in your squad. Uh, yeah, that... That was why I ha I have never actually trained Covert Ops Five, but I guess it's now time for me to train it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a technical thing with how many people you have in your squad and bombing runs and different waves and and each bomb has a certain damage type and is high resist to that damage, but has low resist to all the other damages, and it's. Yeah, it's a whole process, but it, it got messed up with surgical, surgical strike. And this kind of, this reverted enough of the surgical strike so that it could get back to the point where Covert Ops 5 is better than Covert Ops 4. Yeah, right. So they buffed the battleships, but they also in some ways buffed uh, the bombings, right? So I think before this patch, uh, a lot of the one thing that battleships are scared of is a bomb run. They can wipe out a squad of battleships. Right now, so they buffed both, so we have to see which which uh, side got more buffed, right? In, in in the patch to be able to survive the bomb run. Yeah, I think the battleships, from what I understand, battleships came out on the better end of that stick. All right. Yeah. Anyone over our last thought on this part? Well, no, but yeah, my, fa my favorite ship has always been the NAPOC back when we ran Foxcats. I love flying battleships, and we've started with a Paladin Doctrine, and I'm really excited to start flying battleships. Uh, Kogoran? Yeah, that, I, that's, uh, 
that's basically what I have to say as well. I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of those Paladin fleets too. Since I, I've always liked battleships, even though usually I've, when I've picked my own ship rather than a fleet doctor and picked something small, battleships always seem really cool. Right. So, Kenneth, you mentioned the PL Paladin fleet. Is that for incursion? Because I know incursions runners do those, or is it for PvP, or what is it for? No, it's most definitely for PvP. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're, and they're beam. So going into ESSs and hitting people across the bubble and stuff like that. Sounds like expensive fleets, huh? What <laughs> each of them is like what two and two to three billion each? Yeah, it's oh, eh, just isk. Don't make more. We'll, we'll see some juicy kill mills in the future. I think a lot more of those. So, moving on. So we have next one. We have graphics. We talked about and then localization. So they added localized text for French, Russian, Korean, Japanese, and, and German to new content. After that, we are moving on to our market. <laughs> so this is, I guess, the bulk of the mining and all that stuff starts. So Kenneth, I don't take this one on. All right. So the industrial re reconfiguration skill uh, did make it in the game, mostly because it's the same one that the Orca used, and it's been in the game for months. But none of the other skills made it into the game for NPC seeding. They're still available in the game because Guardian's Gala is what initially seeded them. And they also cannot be bought from your character sheet. So they are available in Jita and a few other places. They're left over from the Guardian's Gala event. I assume eventually you'll be able to buy them from your character sheet and from the NPC places. I don't know when that's, that's, it's just, yeah. Uh, those and BPOs, I don't know why we can't get those in on patch day, but there you go. So the other parts, the modules, the medium gas and asteroid compressor, the large compressors and the capital compressors, they are in the game, but you can't build them because you can't buy the BPOs. Again, I don't know why, but there they are. The SDE, a static data export, which is basically this file that some geeky guys take and turn into something. And that's how a lot of the websites work for industry. Uh, Fuzzworks and uh, Ravworks and a few others all use this as their base document when they add blueprints and stuff. So you can go on the websites, look and see what it takes to build it, know how much it's going to cost you to build it and all that. Yeah, you just can't get the blueprints yet. I'm hoping that they'll be put in tomorrow at downtime, but I don't know for sure. All right. So this is, uh, I think, last time we had this kind of stuff happen was, well, you kind of, we kind of did that reversely last year around April when the big blueprint change happened, where we seeded the new blueprints first, and then we added everything in. But this time, it's like you can see all those things, how it works, but not the blueprints. So let's hope tomorrow this will get fixed, I guess. And then we're going to be able to build those things and get people's dream of compressing moon wars and gases on the way. Yep. Yeah, you can find them. They're on Sissy, um, just not, not on TQ yet. But the, the other thing is the medium industrial core for the purpose. That blueprint did make it in the game. And you can buy it and research it copy it, invent it, and that's what the porpoise is going to use for its industrial core. And I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm clear on this. The porpoise boosting did not change at all. So whatever the porpoise could boost yesterday, it can still boost today. But when you put the industrial core on there and activate the core, it increases the boost over and above what it can do without it. Now, it also got what I like to refer to as ORCID, meaning the damage 
and I think yield from the drones got taken off of the hull and added into the industrial core. And don't don't kill me for this one, but I'm pretty sure with a tech two industrial core active, your drone yield is roughly the same as what it is pre-patch with no industrial core. So I, I don't think it lost anything. You just have to run the core in order to get the benefit now from drone yield. And you also must run the core for the compressors to work. Right. So the core blueprint is in-game, but not the compressors. Correct. Okay. And I think by this, by the time maybe this video gets out there, maybe let's hope the compressor are in. To so I, I mentioned right here at the end that there are two minor ones, the habitat and the wild ones. Is there anything special about those or? No, they're just one of the, what do you call that stuff? Storyline modules? Yeah, those are storyline modules that just got left out last December and didn't have the attributes for um, the residue and that kind of stuff added. So it just got added. Yeah, most uh, storyline modules have the stats of a tech two, but are easier to fit. That's how most of them work. But since they're typically obtained through the cosmos missions there which are basically forgotten content for the most part they often get overlooked all right all right so uh, wrap up for the market section to both of you guys for any thoughts yeah hopefully they'll, they'll be there tomorrow knock on wood yeah, hopefully they'll be seated soon and have the the Galente and Minmatar industrial ship skill books been seated again yet? Because those I, have been missing for a while. I don't think so. Exhumers have been missing for a while. I'm just, I'm just, just my pat answer is just buy it from the character sheet. I, I, I don't know. It, it's just it, it is what it is. And yeah, they're not there. They sometimes they're there. Sometimes I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have wait and see. To the next session, we have science and industry. So right here, it kick, kick, it out, kick us off right here. It says a major update to resource compression has been made available. Right. Very clear statement. Right. Yeah. Kenneth, let's, let's do it again. Okay. So... All three of the industrial command ships, the Rockwell, the Orca, and the Porpoise. And yes, I know the Rockwell is a capital industrial. It's fine. They're all industrial command ships. All three of them, with their core active and the compressor fit in a high slot, will not only be able to compress themselves, and that's something I want to make clear. The Rockwell could compress pre-patch. Post-patch, it can still compress the same exact way, but the compression module must be fitted and the core must be running in, a, in order for it to compress. But not only can it compress itself, but at max skills, the compressor modules have the same range as your boost. So for a Rorqual, I know it's 216 kilometers. For an Orca, I think it's 66 don't quote me on that. Nick may know in the in the comments there. And whatever the porpoise is, it goes out to the full boost range. So if you're in range of boost, you can be in range of the compressor module as long as the booster has max skills. All it says in the in the patch notes is over 200 kilometers. But if you go on Sissy and test it, it's it's the same exact distance as the boost um, that took quite a bit of advocating on the behalf of the CSM to to sync up those numbers and have them it just made it easier to you know if you if limit was say 150 kilometers yeah that's a long way but then you have boost but then you can't compress and then you're moving and it just made it so much simpler just to sync those two numbers up and not have to deal with it anymore 
along with that, if you're in a Hulk, a retriever, uh, a venture, or whatever that you're mining in, heck, even if you're mining old school in a in an APOC, if you have ore in your hold and you're in the range of a compressor module, then you can compress ore on your ship using the industrial command ship's compressor module to compress the ore. So that's a huge change. It will change the way everyone does mining from here on out pretty much. The porpoise can only do gas and asteroids and an orca and a rorqual can do all five types, which is gas, ice, asteroid, which includes abyssal ores, mercoxit, which is its own ore for some reason, and moon ore. Right. So right there, uh, you said it's a compressing uh, uh, range is the same as the boosting range. So is it the same as a tractor beam range, though? Because if you think about it, once if you, if you're really that far from the ship, if you jet can the stuff out, right? The industrial ship either has to pull it in and then to send it back altogether, or there has to be some way of collecting. Okay, so I only know two ranges for tractor beams. A capital, a Tech One capital tractor beam on a Rorqual has a range of either 200 or 204 kilometers. A Tech Two capital tractor range on a Rorqual has a range of 240 kilometers. So the tractor beam will outrange the ability to get boosts and compress. I'm not sure in an Orca, I have not looked at it, but I'm pretty sure it's it's pretty close. All right, that makes a lot more sense with the range, uh, the tractor beam range like longer than the compressing range so that the exhumers or the barges can stay around at the edges even when, let's say mining moon wars, right? When the rocks are spread out really far apart from each other. Correct, yeah. Nick just said that the range on a, Tech 2 on an Orca is 84 kilometers. I'm pretty sure that outranges the boosts as well. All right. So I guess everything right now lines up and the numbers are making sense. So it's seeming like uh, CCP wants people to mine together and jet can, which they also increase the size of jet cans. Yeah, toot, toot, toot. That was 100% me pushing for that for the last several months. Now, it wasn't just me. The rest of the CSM also advocated for it too. But uh, the Hulks were really getting into a bad spot when if you still had the old jet can, it would receive or I think it's 153 cubic meters per second. And that was based on the three-minute time limit before jet canning. Again, because once you jet can, you have to wait three minutes before you can jet can again. So using that base volume and doing some math, you were limited to 153 cubic meters a second. Well, a Hulk maxed out with workable boost mines a little bit more than 140 cubic meters per second. So you're basically room for error there was only about 20 seconds. And you could easily get into a spot where your, where your mining hole was full but you weren't able to jet can yet. And it was very frustrating. So that was, that was my premise to use to convince CCP and the, you know, the rest of CSM help for sure to get them to double the jet can size. Right. I guess that's the quality of life update for a lot of miners. Yeah. 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 yeah, like my current uh, mining setup is that I use Mackinaws and I'm going to be able to fit a lot of stuff in before I have to pop out a jet can now. And the check-in is twice as big as well, so there's a lot more room to play with. So to the next uh, little section, so we have the blueprints for the compressors. Hold, hold on, before we, before we get past this, I just want to make sure that uh, it is in Citadels now, Everything that you could compress before, you can still compress now, which means not moon ore. However, gas deep gas compression, once it happens now, 
part of that is also gas decompression. So gas decompression is now available in upwell structures, and it requires the reprocessing facility, the same exact service module used for ore and ice and everything else. Compression is lossless. However, there is some loss when it comes to the gas decompression. For a Tatara, I think it's a few percent, I think like 5%, and I think it's like 11 I want to say it's 11 for the for a Athenor, but I'm not sure on those numbers. Yeah, this is a slight bonus to wormholers since uh, they collect the gas for Tech 3 production locally. So they're going to have to... Uh, so people who are shipping compressed gas into a null sec system to build tech three ships are going to have to ship in more gas because of the decompression loss. All right, yeah. But so. if you're in a wormhole, you're not going to compress it yeah. because you'll, you'll use it there. It's, yeah, that's only... it's a bonus to wormholes. Yep. Or you can be like case baked gas, but brought back to, let's say the staging Tatara, from other constellations of the region and then to be all decompressed there, right? When you have, a, like, say, maybe a better yield or it's easier for hauling in general, right? Because those things are being highly demanded with those capital components. So one thing I guess we're kind of not talking right now is the abyss wars, right? So those things uh, are rare. <laughs> I don't think a lot of us here have minded extensively and those things are just hitting those 27 systems that are kidnapped by the Triglavians. Do you guys think that's going to change with those changes to mining to compression? Do you think those wars can be easily easier to bring the brought out outside the uh, Potterman region and to be, let's say, reprocessed uh, or anything do you think is going to change? Oh, definitely. Yeah, one of the problems with Potchvin is is getting big things in and out. And with this, the compression is 100 to 1. So basically, whatever you'd be able to bring out before, you can bring out 100 times as much now in the same transport. So that will be huge for them, and they'll be able to mine and, and export stuff. Yeah, and... Abyssal ores, I think those are the only things besides Mercoxit which have morphite in them. So there's going to be a high demand for that because you need that for t Tech 2 production. Yeah. Real quick, I want to address something in, in the comments. Space Gator was asking about if something other than the Mac got a buff to the ore hold. And that was based on a comment that I think Gregorian said. What he meant by that was the buff was due to the compression. So it applies to any mining ship. You got a you got a buff by proxy of being able to do the compression yourself. So it's just that the Mackinac ore hold is about four times bigger than the Hulk one. And it's depending on your skills, it can be up to 44,000 cubic meters. And if you are mining moon ore at 100 to 1 compression, you can put 4.2 million cubic meters of raw moon ore compressed in the hold of a single Mackinac, whereas the hold of a, of a Hulk is only about 11,000. So it can fit as quarter of as much ore in it. But that's what he meant by that comment. Not that it actually got buffed. That was back in December when they all got the buff. But what he's talking about today is just the overall buff of compression. Interesting. Uh, so one thing from the comment is, is that I think Guru mentioned in the Abyssal Wars, they, I think technically right now, since the scarcity, they don't have the Morphite anymore. So right now they're Morphite-less, and the only thing that has Morphite should be the Morcoxite ore. And those things can only be mined in NullSec, right? So they're in either true NullSec, right, the negative 1.0 systems, or those NullSec anomalies that spawns, I think, almost every system now, right? Yeah, every system has it. It's 
the sex status determines whether you have like a, a, a medium or a large or something like that. It's there's a little bit of difference between the two. And I think there is two different types of Marcox that spawns depending on the sex status too. And you don't have to be negative one. It's like negative 0.65 or greater somewhere around there. And then right. you get the Mercoxid spawns. But those negative 1.0 systems, they still have them in their asteroid belts. But for the other system, they have it in an asteroid anomaly. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I remembered. Let's, any overall last thoughts on this part before we move um, on? Yeah, I, I want to address the elephant in the room. Let me... Where's my screen? Okay, I got a screen share. Can you bring that up, Artemis? Um, okay, so I hope everybody can read that. I made it big enough. Basically, the new compression did a couple things. One, and we, we've talked about this before, but it was it was a while ago. So everything now is 100 to 1 compression. So if you look at the chart that's here, Anything that's green, the new size is smaller. Anything that's yellow, it's a little bit bigger. Anything that's red is a lot bigger. So the size of one compressed Veldspar pre-patch is the same amount as 100 units of compressed Veldspar post-patch. However, those same equivalent amounts, post-patch, it's 33% smaller. If you look at kernite, though, kernite post-patch, it would be 100% larger. But you're only talking the difference between 0.3 cubic meters and 0.6 cubic meters. So you're not talking a large difference here. But it is double. I mean, it is 100% increase. I'm not trying to say it's not. The big one is mercoxin. And a lot of people are upset about this because it's a, what, 40,000% increase or something. But at the end of the day, there was someone that was arguing with me today earlier on, on Discord. He said he mined for three months and got his spawns and everything. And after three months, it was still only 40,000 cubic meters of mercoxic. So it's not like we're talking huge volumes here. Mercoxid is only mined for the morphite. It's, it is big, but it's not the end of the world type big. The ones that I'm more worried about would be Arcanor, Bisto, Crokite, and Spodumane. Those are the ones, and Spod actually goes down. I take that back. Spod is about half the size it normally is. But Arcanor and Bisto... And crokite are the ones that I'd be more worried about because those are the ones that get moved the most. But I will certainly be watching it. I'll be moving this stuff myself. And if stuff comes up, we start seeing pain points and all. I will certainly get together with the rest of the CSM and uh, and try and advocate for for uh, what is needed to get stuff being able to be moved around New Eden for sure. Right. So. The only three things I'm seeing on this graph that the size of them is reduced would be Velspar, Scordite, and Spodomane. And the rest of them it got larger, but just to a certain extent. Well, they got a lot larger, but they were already pretty small. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and those and are the, only compressed ones. Correct, correct. And of course, the Bizzle ores were never able to be compressed before. So they're they're a hundred to one just straight off the top. They never had a pre-patch compressed volume. All right. So for those for those wars, abyssal ones, they're just a net gain, um, no loss, unlike the other ones that we have right now. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So Groin, do you have any uh, last thoughts on this section? Um, I think I said all everything I have to say about this. Right on. Okay, let's move on to the next one. So the new fleet supports compression modules, blueprints original, are not available for purchase. Uh, so I think that's the thing we talked about. And those things can be found in those Navy stations. I think they're still be waiting to be made into the game. 
for mining update to the mechanics of residue and yield involved with mining has been made. So right here, this is a section I'm a little confused about, which says mining yield is now removed from the resource prior to mining okay. residue. This is very simple. So when I first came on this show back in, I guess it was probably October, when the very first mining blog came out, I checked with CCP and verified how yield and residue would work. The problem is I didn't keep asking questions. I only asked one question and I said, how is yield calculated? And I was told, oh, we calculate yield. Then we calculate residue. I was like, cool. So then I, to me, that meant when you mine the rock, yield goes in your or in your cargo hold or in your in your mining hold and then residue goes away. What well, turned out that that's the way it's calculated. However, they take residue away from the rock first and then they put the yield in your hold. So say you were mining a rock that had 600 units left and your mining yield was 600 units. So if you got a residue event happened on that mining, the 600 that was left on the rock would go to residue. None would go in your ore hold and you got the aura sound of this asteroid has been depleted and you got nothing. And it was very frustrating. So what you would have to do is start half cycling it and this kind of stuff. So what they did was they put it to where it's more intuitive. So if there is, say there's 650 units left on that rock and you get 600 per mining cycle and you finish your cycle and there's a residue event, now 600 will go in your, in your mining hold and 600 will go to residue, but there's only 50 left. So the 50 go to residue and the other 550 just don't count. That's the change. Right. That makes a lot more sense. So it's basically, it's kind of like quality of life, but I think it's supposed to be meant that way beforehand. So it's more like a bug fix at the same time? No, it was meant to be the other way. It, it, oh, we, don't, okay. we don't need to get into that. It, it's this way now, and that's all we need to worry about. Okay, yeah. That's all we need to worry about. Okay. So after that, so we have the new items. So the older compressed resources are not called batch compressed resources indicating the older compression method that was used. So this counts as compression in structure or was it just before the patch? You lost me now. So anything that was in the game pre-patched that's compressed, it got compressed down to one unit that can be reprocessed, right? And not for ice, ice stayed the same. But so like pre-patch, if you had a hundred raw Veldspar and you compressed it, you would get one unit of compressed Veldspar. And either way, whether you whether you reprocess the hundred units of raw Veldspar or the one unit of compressed Veldspar, you got four hundred trick, right? Minus your reprocessing losses and this kind of stuff. But both of those were essentially worth four hundred trick. Well the new compression so if you have a hundred raw veldspar and that compressed pre-patch into one unit of compressed veldspar that will now be renamed batch veldspar and the new units will be compressed veldspar but if you start with a hundred raw now you get a hundred compressed veldspar so 100 raw Veldspar equal one batch compressed Veldspar equals 100 new compressed Veldspar. So the amount of Veldspar that you have compressed, all it does is simply remove was lower the volume, but the amount stays the same. So now you don't have to worry about, oh, do I have this or that or whatever to make this? Now it's just straight up. If you had 10,000 units of Veldspar and compress it, you have 10,000 units of compressed Veldspar and 100 units 
is what it takes to reprocess. And the amount that you get reprocessed is the exact same as raw Veldspar. It's just the compressed Veldspar is 100 times smaller in volume. That's it. That's the only difference now. Right. It's just the conversion between different units before compressed, after compressed, and before patch compressed, and after uh, patch compressed. (laughs) Yeah, I bet a few years from now, there will be a lot of people paying a lot of money just to collect the remaining batch compressed ore. Yeah, it's, (laughs) it's, yeah, I don't know. I I imagine it'll be around as a scam for a while, but they, I think they said in one of the blogs that they're going to let it roll for a little bit. And then I, I don't know. And I haven't asked, so I can say this freely. I imagine there's going to be some point in time, a few months from now, that they say, you know, refine your stuff or it's going away type thing. Or refine it or we're going to convert it to the new and just get rid of all the old stuff. Because right now it's, you know, there's extra spots in the market for it and all this kind of stuff. And it's a lot easier to just rename it for the patch rather than going through and converting it all. But that's not going to stay that way forever. And there's no way to make batch compressed anymore. So whatever's in the game, that's all that there is. And that's all that there ever will be. But they've said that they're going to, you know, let it go for a little bit and then reevaluate. So I wouldn't be surprised here in a little bit if they just like, yep, you've had your time now, you know, either reprocess it or, or, you know, we're going to remove it somehow. Yeah, they had to create a new item to, in order to avoid screwing up the SDE too much for the people who develop third-party tools, and this is a way, way to convert to the new item that makes sense to me. Like, I have a few tools that do things like calculate the ore that I would compress ore that I would need to buy in order to get the minerals I need. I'm sure Kenneth uses tools like that as well. And I imagine that the if they just tried to convert the same item in the SDE without creating a new item for the new kind of compressed ore, that would screw things up with the third-party tools. Yeah, my my tools, I, I'm just I just add two zeros to it. So I'm not I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah, so for the Moon War and the Abyssal War, so right now they got added compression mechanics and their ratio is the same, right? 100 to 1. So those Moon Wars are separated into their corresponding rarity, right? Those things are, I think, stays the same as the crystals, right? For those mining crystals uh, for Moon Wars. For what, for what now? For Moon War. So the group of them for compressing is the same as the crystal group. Yeah, it's it's just the the little prefix for them. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, so so you'll have compressed lavish chromite or compressed shimmering sperilite type thing, or but, bountiful loperite. Yeah, exactly. But it's but it'll just be compressed. There won't be any batched of that at all. Okay, right, yeah, because there's no way to do it before the, this patch. So it's our new really added stuff. Right. Okay, so any last thoughts on this section before we move on? I guess we're good. <laughs> so moving on to the next one is the ship changes. So with the porpoise, the orca, and the rocos. The big thing is uh, the porpoise has a new fuel bay. And same as the Orca's fuel bay got increased. So Porpoise's fuel bay to 4,800 right now. Orca's fuel bay to 6,400. And the new bonuses is added to the Porpoise per industrial commandship level. We have 5% reduction in drone ice harvesting cycle time and the 10% bonus to drone mining yield. Um, for the Orca, there's a 5% bonus to mining foreman burst range now made visible on the trades tab for the ship. I guess it was not before. Yeah, the, the Orca and the Brockle both had that skill bonus. It just wasn't listed, but it, w- it was actually there. All right, yeah. And I think the same thing for the Oracle as well, right? It's a 5% bonus to mining form and burst range. Correct, correct. Yeah. 
like I guess one thing that I really love is the next one, which is the change to the epithel. Uh, epithel for people who don't know uh, is a ship to carry out PI stuff, uh, right? So those are planetary commodities or planetary interaction stuff. Right now, it has an extra uh, uh, commodity hole, right? Right now, this one is the command centers. So before this, I think people like me, we used to hold them in the interior Mark Fives or other industrial ships, just T1 or just some deep space transports just with the large cargo hole that's enough to carry out, like say, 10 or 20 of them and just switch them between characters. And it's quite complicated. And now with the six command centers, it's really, I feel like, a life a quality of life update for people to really set up their PI base in one system or multiple systems. And I think the number six is also very specific, right? Right, yeah, because six is the most that you can have most planets you can have on a single pilot with max skills. Yeah, and and that's perfectly fitted for uh, uh, for a character, right? To just have that one ship carry its own PI, carry its own command standards, and then go out there to just do its PI. Yeah, uh, and also this number doesn't increase, right, by any skill level or anything like that. Correct. It's yeah, it's it's just a bay. That's it. Yeah, yeah that's. That's one of my goals on the CSM too. The command centers, it's one of the few things in the game that we still have to buy from NPCs. There's no blueprints for command centers. I brought it up in CSM 15 when we were making the industry changes and there wasn't enough time for it. Now that those are kind of winding down and we're, we're doing more maintenance type things and all, that's something I'm going to try and start bringing up again that command centers you still have to buy them from npcs in high sec and we should have bpos for those yeah what about those fuel cells that you use to make uh shield extenders attack uh, two shield extenders that seems like oh. it should be a pi item oh that hydrogen battery Batteries. or whatever it is yeah yeah, yeah. yep yeah that's also an npc item yeah it seems like it, you should be able to make it with pi yeah yeah that was a lot more complicated to get added, you know, a new PI to be added. Yeah, it'd be nice, but I don't. Yeah, I I can push for it, but I, yeah. Well, I guess we have to say, right? You have to acknowledge, right? Other than the Termac 5 and not the other T1 industrial ship, there is also a ship that exists called the Primate that also carries command centers. So this is not like the first one that have the special hole to carry command centers, but the one that's, I guess, most widely available to most people. Yeah, the Primate was a limited edition ship. It's, it's a lot more common than any AT ship, but all the ones that are in the game right now are all that will ever be in the game. Right, yeah. Because added fuel base, nice to work on porthoise. Right. And right, that's for the heavy water for the core. Yeah. Yeah. Any last thoughts on this one before we move on? Move on quick. No, I I pushed hard to make the porpoise, you know, a day tripping wormhole gas compression. And I really hope people get a lot of use out of it. Really do. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, this, especially the Epithel one is, is really nice. Oh, it's one of my favorite things on this patch right now. <laughs> yeah, that's something that the Epithel has ne- definitely needed for its job because people always had to bring in another industrial ship to any wormhole where they were setting up PI and not just have the Epithel. Right. So for the next part, we're talking about skills. For skills, there are the four uh, newly added skills for the compressions, right? The shipboard compression technology, the capital shipboard compression technology, the gas decompression efficiency, and the fleet compression logistics. Yeah, we already talked about uh, how the new compression stuff works. This is just the skills that make it work. Yeah, so the shipboard compression technology is made for the medium-large ones. Capital shipboard is made for the capital ones, the one on uh, the Roku. Gas decompression efficiency is 
with the skills that you use to increase the efficiency when you're decompression cat deep decompressing gas in a Tatara wing Athenor, and the fleet logistics is just increasing the range. Yeah, I just want to make sure people know that the shipboard compression, capital shipboard compression, and fleet compression logistics are only needed by the booster. If you're out there in your hulk or your retriever or your um, skiff and you're mining and you want to compress, you're using the, the industrial command ship the compressor from that industrial command ship and you're using the skills of the pilot of that industrial command ship to do your compression. You do not need any of these skills in order to do the compression remotely. And as far as the gas decompression, like for me, I have two pilots to do my reprocessing. They're the only two that would ever need to train the gas decompression. You don't no one would really need that unless you're actually doing the reprocessing or or the recompression of the gas. Right. So as a miner, there's no new skills needs to be purchased, no new skills needs to be trained. Yeah, only your booster. And the next section is structures. And I did not realize that the, the Tatar was going to get an, a reprocessing efficiency boost. That was, never, that was never put out publicly. Did you know about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I knew. It was on Hobo Leaks, but I, and the people, and I watch Hobo Leaks quite a bit. I talk to the people in the Hobo Leaks Slack channel quite often, and I would say 50% of them thought it was a typo, and 50% of them secretly hoped it was real, but didn't want to get their hopes up from feel that you know CCP would pull the rug out from under them at the last minute. But it, but it was, in fact, real. It's been on Sissy the whole time. Oh, the other thing is, for all the guys who I said, there's a big change that you don't know about, but it's been on Sissy for two weeks. I was specifically talking about the yield coming before the residue there. No one that I know found that out. No one, no one realized it was there. And it was on Sissy. When compression got put on Sissy, I tested it the first day with Type C crystals, so I know it worked. But that was on there the whole time, and no one even noticed it. So I guess the question we're going to ask is, what's the final max yield, right? So this will increase the max yield that one can possibly get out of uh, ninety point six. Ninety point six. Now it's yeah, a it's new up number. from eighty nine point three to ninety point six now. That's a one point three percent increase yeah this is gonna have after if i guess the market will probably take a few weeks to adjust to this but it's gonna have a pretty substantial impact once the cheaper ore cost the cheaper minerals from being able to get more out of the ore comes it down the line to ships hitting the market right so for the next part we're going to talk about custom office so a big change that's the CCP go, so goal for the section will be uh, to increase the content around custom office. So we're seeing a lower in the HP of those custom office from 10 million. No, not customs five. offices, gantries. Right. And gantries, yeah. Gantries. yeah. Uh, there's, there's a huge difference there, and we'll, we'll talk about it, but, but we're only talking about the gantries here. Yeah, the gantry is the first thing you put down, and then you put the rest of the customs office on top of the gantry. So this right. is only when you're putting up a new customs office? No, only when you're deploying a new gantry, not customs office. Oh, yeah. So uh, basically what it is, in high sec, you have to war deck someone in order to kill their... If they own a customs office... So say... You know, Corp Green owns this custom office and you want to take it. So you war deck Corp Green and you kill their customs office. Well, now Corp Green is friends with Corp Blue. So as soon as you kill the customs office, they're on the other side of the planet and they drop a, a new gantry before the people who killed the customs office can drop a gantry. Well, now they have a gantry and you can't shoot it because it's court blue, not court green. 
you know, have a war deck against Corp Blue. So what they did was a couple things. One, they lowered the EHP of a gantry. So if someone does manage to get the gantry out, now they be now you can shoot it and you only become a suspect, not a criminal. So Concord won't kill you, but basically you make yourself suspect so anyone can attack you. But that's fine. That's kind of what you wanted because you're already at war with them. You're trying to kill the customs office. So basically, people can't grief you over and over again, dropping gantries that you can't shoot. Because if you shoot them pre-patch, you would become a criminal and Concord would come and lay down the smackdown on you. So now, and they are, the onlining delay was five seconds. So they'd put it down. And before you even figured out what was going on, it was down and online, right? So then you were screwed. So now the delay is 15 minutes and they show up on your overview. So if you're there and you kill Court Green's customs office and Court Blue lays down a gantry on the other side of the moon or on the other side of the planet, now it shows up on your overview. You can warp to them. It's 15 minutes before it anchors. And you can shoot it and only become a suspect and Concord won't get you. That's, that's the big, big parts of this change. All right. And also the maximum shoot hit points also got decreased by like 20 times, essentially, right? From 10 million to 500,000. I think that's, now, that's only the gantry. That's only yeah, that's the only gantry. gantry. Yeah. So other than that, for the crab beacon, so the cost for the LP for those blueprints has been reduced from 20k to 9k for five run blueprint. So that's less than half. So I guess we're going to see the price of them lowered as well. As maybe we can see potentially more people running them. Also with that, we are going to have high rewards for those uh, beacons run. So we... It's not really mentioned by how much it's going to ink by increased, but we're going to, we know that it's going to be increased. All right. So with all of that out of the way, so new player experience will launch a second chapter of air. So there is going to be around mining and some of the market, I would assume, as I said, from the last dev blog. All right. So the last big thing I, was, I really wanted to mention is the in the gameplay section where it says ships with an active siege triage or industrial core module will now be able to correctly block from jumping through a wormhole. I guess this is uh, widely celebrated, I guess, by a lot of wormhole communities. I guess this has to do with rolling wormholes and jumping through them, I guess, while in siege mode and triage. Well, and, and it's worse than that. So all those modules increase mass by a factor of 10. So you could put one on an orca and roll a hole with 10 times the orca's mass. And once you rolled, it bugged out and would turn off. So you didn't even have to wait for the end of the cycle. You could just warp off. So they just fixed it. Now, it doesn't matter about the turn off thing because you just can't. You can't jump to a hole with an active siege module. All right. So that's a patch and also got an extra block. That block type was, it's not really dev related, but it's released by CCP. The title is We Stand Together. So this is a blog about another Plex for Good program. And this time is aiming for, for towards a humanitarian relief by for those who are suffering in the conflicts right now in Ukraine and Russia, their goal is up to two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. CCP will match the amount of contributions by the community and the CCP employees. Right. So with that, that's everything that we have. Any last thoughts on the patch, the blog, and everything? Let's start with Kenneth. I just, you know, this has been a lot of work since December when 
or even before that, you know, when everyone saw the original blog and then the, the compression was put on hold and then pushed out and stuff. And uh, our CSM as a whole worked hard to get this shaped into something that the players would like, you know, and of course we don't get to make the policy. We just get to help, you know, shape the corners and smooth it out and stuff. But this, the, the past two patches, there's a few things that, you know, the, the hundred to one compression. Yeah. I know it's, there's a lot of people who don't necessarily like it, but I think if you look at the, the overall, this is much better as an overall thing, even if there are one or two things in there that, that kind of get in your craw a little bit. And, uh, I really am looking forward to feedback once the blueprints are in the game of how people like it. Right. And Gregorin? Yeah, I'm I I'm looking forward to seeing how the market adjusts to the change in reprocessing yields and to the the fact that it's going to be more easy to compress or and even even though gas is going to have a loss in how its compression works, I think that'll make gas products uh, less expensive in the long run because there will be more places. It'll be easier to bring places to where you bring gas to places where you already have an industrial setup. Right on. So that's our show from today, March 8th. You're watching Talking Stations and good night.